Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. Today's episode is generated by the designers who are regularly reaching out to me. Not only are they looking for more information about the course renovation management for interior designers, but also about issues and problems they're having on job sites or concerns they're having about increasing their knowledge on renovation management to offer that service to their client base but I'm seeing a trend in a question regarding project management versus being a GC. And I wanted to cover that today. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. As I'm sitting recording the 90th episode for this podcast, I am frankly stunned that I am still here, still chatting with all of you. And so excited for what is still to come. Now, I can assure you when I started this podcast in late 2020, I had no idea if I had enough information to share to get all the way to 90 episodes. And then I realized along the way, there are endless topics that we can discuss when it comes to renovation management, whether for homeowners to learn how to manage it on their own or whether for homeowners to learn just more basics so they can participate, collaborate more with the team that they have in place doing their own renovation project or whether it's to the designers who showed up unexpectedly looking for this information, seeking guidance on how to implement this service into their existing design firms, and honestly, everything in between. Now, this topic today, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, came from designers, came from questions that are coming in from designers seeking specific guidance. And frankly, I love, and I have mentioned before, the emails and the DMs that are coming in. And while I chuckle when people respond back saying, oh my gosh, you're real. You're actually going to respond to my email. Yes, I'm real. I promise I'm real. And I promise to get back to each and every one of you because my goal is to build your confidence, build your knowledge and skill set for renovation management so that you can confidently offer this service successfully to your own client base. Because a designer on a renovation project is an invaluable service that once a client sees, will want each and every time they take on another project, as well as spreading the word to all of their friends. And you can't get better marketing than that. So designers reach out, right? They're talking to me about specific issues on their projects, how they structure their pricing, an issue they're having with a contractor who's not treating them respectfully, client problems, and everything in between. But I'm hearing a general question over and over, and I wanted to nip it in the bud with this episode. 
And that is designers looking for information on the differences between being a GC and project managing, which is what I do on my projects. So let's break it down. So a GC is short for general contractor, and most everybody should know that. And what that means is they are the ones in control of the day-to-day work on a project. Now, do some GCs have design interest and will weigh in on decisions that need to be made along the way? Absolutely. And frankly, I like GCs that have an opinion as far as the design and a creative way of solving an issue. Designers, don't be afraid of that. Don't tamp that down because frankly, design is a collaborative effort. And so a contractor has seen things that you may not see. And therefore the solution could be even bolder, even better than something you come up with on your own. Now, GCs are traditionally used on larger projects when there's countless moving parts and pieces and tradesmen to keep track of. So that doesn't just mean new builds, right, from the ground up. It can be a large addition or a renovation and an addition. It depends on how your client hires for this project. Now, I will first and foremost tell you, there are a lot of times where clients will hire a GC for a small project, and frankly, they're getting screwed in their supervision fees because it didn't require that level of supervision to do a smaller project. This is why it is so critical to fully understand the parameters and scope of the work that you're taking on, whether you're a homeowner or a designer, and then interview appropriately so that you end up with a team that is going to be the best fit for your project. So let me take a step back and also say that a general contractor has specific licensing, which varies from state to state and country to country, because I know there are a lot of listeners outside of the U.S. So it is very important that if you are seeking out that job, if you want to become a GC, you must look at your local licensing requirements. And if you are like me and live very close to another state, you should be looking at both states and what their requirements are so that you can successfully offer your services in both states with the proper licensing in hand. And then again, some cities have different requirements than counties. These are all very important and legal things you must take on if you're going to be in the role of an actual GC. So be careful. Don't call yourself a GC or put it on a business card or on your website if you are not legally licensed to be in that role. That is really important for everyone to hear. So then what's the difference? Well, The simplest way to put it is while I also manage schedules, I manage the workmen, if it's a smaller project, I will manage the selection process, all of those things, yes. But in general, I manage the progression of a design from concept to fruition, right? A GC is not truly focused on that. He's not keeping an eye on is the vision coming through the way it was intended. He is truly following drawings that he was presented with scope of work and finished schedules provided to him either by an architect or by an interior designer. An interior designer is going to be keeping everything else in mind. I refer to it as basically playing three-dimensional chess, right? You have the workman physically doing the work. You have the drawings that have dictated what the work will be. 
And then you know the vision. You know if it's coming together the way it's intended. You know if a pivot is needed or not needed when things are changing as they do day to day. So one woman specifically asked me, I don't want to take on legal responsibilities for a tile installer if I have referred that tile installer to the client. Correct. You do not want to take legal responsibility for anyone else's work. And as a project manager, you do not. When I refer a tile installer to a client, what that really means is I have done the legwork. I have proven that this tile installer meets the level of expectations that I demand on a project. The client then needs to meet the tile installer, interview them in their own way, and then approve and engage their services directly. Let me say that again. My client engages the services of any subcontractor, whether I have referred them or they heard about them from their best friend or their parents or their neighbor, they engage their services directly. So why do they do that? Well, for one, this project will have a start, a middle, and an end date. Now, if something happens five years out, they need to have the warranties, they need to have the contact, they need to have the follow-through directly in order to handle it on their own. Number two, I can't be responsible for someone else's work that does not work for me. And that's an important part. These subcontractors do not work for me. We work with each other as a team all day long. Don't get that wrong. But they do not work for me. They work specifically for the client that you are also working for. So I want to assure designers listening, you are not taking on any liability by working with subcontractors. You are not taking on any liability by referring subcontractors or small contractors for that matter. They are contracting directly with your client and therefore they are responsible for their own work, which of course makes perfect sense. All you have done by referring a specific tradesperson is you are acknowledging and verifying that they work at a certain level that you demand. And obviously, if a client has hired you, they want that level of service that they have seen, whether it was through a friend or marketing or website. So that is a very valuable referral. Don't get me wrong, but it is only a referral. And I have an A-team, and I was telling this designer that. I have an A-team. That A-team is made up of a small contractor, a plumber, an electrician, a tile installer, flooring installer. I mean, these are my guys, right? We have an unspoken language. They know the specifics that I maintain on each project. And trust me, when that team is put together, projects are almost seamless. Now, of course, there's going to be bumps along the way, but the bumps become these tiny little blips because my team knows from past experiences of working all together, how to solve it immediately on the spot, move forward. Does that mean I get to work with this team on every small project? Sadly, my friends, no. And that's okay. I don't enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. I am human. It is easier. I breathe a sigh of relief when I do get to work with my full team. But the reality is I have clients who have a plumber that they've had for 20 years. Okay then I don't get to work with my plumber on this project. I need to meet this new plumber. I need to integrate him into the team if the rest of my team is coming into play. Or they have a contractor 
And therefore, he might bring his own subs. It really does vary from job to job. But ultimately, I do not take liability nor responsibility for any of these people's work, whether it is my team, and I refer to it as my team because I am a part of that team. They do not work for me. I do not promise them work, right? That is where that fine line can be broken. You know, I know designers who will guarantee work, quote unquote, to certain contractors in order to keep them at the ready for their next job. Personally, I think that is a massive gamble that I am not willing to undertake, and I don't recommend any of you to undertake it. In particular, with this crazy world that we're living in, it is incredibly hard to predict how many projects you're going to have two years out, right? And then you've also got to think about the fact that you care for your team members. I care for my plumber and his business and his success. And so therefore, if I promise him a certain amount of work and lo and behold, that work doesn't come through, I have put him in a bind. I have put him in an uncomfortable situation where he wasn't going out looking for his own work to fill those time. And therefore he has to find work to keep his team moving forward so that he can afford their paychecks, right? So I have a team, don't get me wrong. They tell me when they have availability. I am well aware that they have other projects going on and there may be times where part of my team just simply can't come together for a variety of reasons. And lately it's for tons of new reasons, care of the pandemic. And what I do now is I reach out more often. I'm talking to my plumber. I'm talking to my electrician. What's going on? Where are your openings? So if I need to slot in a client, I can do that right? This is where project management comes in. I am constantly updating the information of my team so that I know what I can promise and also what I can't promise. And that goes to client expectations, maintaining them, and most importantly, setting them at the very beginning of a conversation. So interestingly enough, I did have a GC reach out to me through social media a female GC. And I do apologize. Up until now, I have been referring to GCs as he or him because that has been my personal experience. But this woman reached out to me and said she found my podcast and really enjoying the content and almost nodding or giggling along the way, hearing things and stories that I have explained because she is also the only girl on the job site. But boy, is she swimming in a male-dominated pool. And I don't envy that job in the least. So if she is listening, my goal is to get her to come on as a guest and talk about the differences, talk about her perspective, which would be fascinating for all of us to hear, because I encourage designers to be the project managers on the job site and not the GCs. Licensing aside, it is also not a role that I personally would want to take on, because as I just said, All of those liabilities and responsibilities then fall on your lap. And that is nothing that I seek out. So it is an important distinction to understand the difference between a GC or general contractor and a project manager. Now, another question I've had is, well, if there's a GC on the project, why would the client need an interior designer as well? And as I mentioned earlier, designers come at this from a creative perspective, three-dimensional chess, picture it that way, whereas a general contractor is focused on the physical work that's taking place to bring that design to life. 
Now, in my experience, GCs love having designers on a project, assuming, (laughs) big assumption, that they know what they're doing. And here's why. The GCs I know love what they do. They love managing the work to bring designs to life. Here's what I know my GCs don't enjoy. Client interaction. That's not why they got into the business that they are in. And designers can easily take on that role. It's what we do best, right? We work with homeowners. We understand expectation setting. We understand emotions. We know how to manage a client. We can do it in our sleep. And every job I work on that is large enough to have a GC inevitably pushes all client interaction that they can onto my plate. And I'm fine with that. And frankly, it is the smart thing for them to do because they should be focusing on the day-to-day work. I can be focusing on the client work and that entails everything from decision-making to problem-solving to selection-making and everything in between. And they love it. First of all, they usually say, I don't speak client. And what they really mean is, I don't know how to talk to traditionally a female about the issues we're having and the decisions I need to make. They tend to go very technical. And I joke with one GC in particular who I adore. I tell my clients, I translate contractor to homeowner language. And they laugh and they get it right off the bat. So there's another role that designers can impress upon the GCs. If you're on a site right now, the next conversation you should be having with the GC is, let me help you with the client interactions. Let me be the go-between. You have an issue on the project? Tell me about it. I'll run it by my client and I'll get the answer for you. They will be indebted to you. Trust me on this one. If you will handle that load for them. It is not something they enjoy. Now, of course, I don't want to get the email telling me the one exception that you've worked with that does enjoy that because, of course, there are exceptions. But by and large, in the almost 30 years I've been doing this, the GCs are thrilled to have a competent interior designer helping them on a site with the clients. It's just not a role they're comfortable in, and it is a role that designers excel in. So where do we go from here? I want designers to do whatever it is they are most comfortable doing and what their personal goals are. So if your goal is to become a GC, like this woman that reached out to me, go for it. I will be your cheerleader all the way, but you must look into the licensing and insurance requirements for your specific state, city, county, township, country, wherever it is you live and want to work in. And then reach out and let me know what the process is. How are you going to tackle it? And then why you want to take this on. I think we would all love to hear about that. And then the designers who are wanting to project manage their clients' jobs, this is for you. This is what I'm going to be talking about from episode 90 today until I run out of things to talk about. And I'm not sure when that will be, honestly. So this is the difference. And personally, I am so fulfilled in my role as project manager. I am happy to let someone else be the GC on the project if it is a larger project. Now, before I go, I want to also describe what happens on a smaller project and perhaps why people are questioning this. So on a smaller project, 
Like I said, I have, quote, my team. Now, I am managing their schedules. I am managing selections. I am managing issues along the way, alongside my team. I am not in the GC role on a smaller project. I am still just the project manager. My contractor, I guess, technically would be a GC, but in my world, and please let me know if it's different in your world, my world, a small contractor, a mid-sized contractor is licensed as a contractor, but isn't interested in doing all of the project management. He wants to come in. He may have one or two guys. In my case, I actually brought the plumber into our team. I actually brought the painter into our team, but he brought the electrician. So it's been a blended team. And frankly, he wants to go in, do his work, and then leave. He is perfectly happy with me managing the schedules, the who is coming when, and what they will be doing. Now, it's a collaborative moment, of course, because he has to tell me when he's going to be done X, Y, and Z and would be ready for the plumbing rough-in, for instance. But that is not a GC role. That is still a project management because my contractor is licensed and legally responsible for his work. My plumber is licensed and legally responsible for their work and on and on. And I am simply managing the process that they are physically taking on. So I hope that helps because it does get a little gray when projects are sort of that middle size. And for designers who are on my email list, and if you aren't, I highly recommend you go and sign up on my website for my emails because I send a specific email on Fridays to designers. I covered a topic where I work for the client, but they have hired a construction company that has their own project manager. And while that's unusual because it is not a large GC role, I described how I learned how to balance my time on a project, not overstepping their project manager, but complementing them in the areas that they weren't confident in doing on their own. So again, it does get gray, but there is a clear distinction between a GC and a project manager, and it all entails licensing and insurance. So I hope this clears things up. This may actually fuel the fire and create more questions than answers. And that's okay too. We are all going to learn by sharing our own experiences. So feel free, reach out through email, through social media. I am happy to continue this conversation off the podcast. And if it becomes really interesting, I will make another episode about it. And this is what I love about the podcast. And some of the most popular episodes are the ones that have been driven by direct questions from those of you listening. And lastly, if I can ask something of each of you, I would love it if you could rate and review the podcast. It is how other people find it. It is a way of sharing the knowledge to even more homeowners and designers who are seeking it and only takes a second to do. So again, this episode may bring up more questions and answers. Reach out to me. Let's discuss this further. Let me hear your personal experiences. But I can't thank you enough for your time today. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today. And feel free to join me on social media at Davine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, 
as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.